If you smell what the rock is cooking, acknowledge me. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. We are bad to the bone. Get it? Bad to the bone. Tell me when I'm telling lies. I'll fight anybody who you want. Just let me fight them. Let me tell you something, Jim Ross. Make a power, yeah. you. We are the best. Smart marks. And that's the bottom line. Costone Cole said so. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, come one, come all. This is episode one of Talk'em in the Building. I'm Adrian. You already know it's no BS coming from me. And I'm joined by two of my wrestling pals or wrestling buddies. <laughs> Got to work on that. Uh, I'm joined by two of my my great wrestling friends, man. Guys that uh, in my years as a wrestling fan, I've met some really cool people from across the states. And these are two two of my favorites. So uh, I'm honored for y'all to join me on this venture on Suplex Dinner Club. And I'm looking forward to growing Talk em in the Building. So introducing first... A fellow Atlantan, one of the good brothers. <laughs> What's going on, Greg? How you how you living? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm honored to be here, man. I appreciate you even bringing me on to Suplex Dinner Club family. I feel good about this. Definitely, definitely, man. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. On the West Coast, What's up? we got the doctor out of lead. How are you feeling, brother? I'm feeling it, man. I'm excited. I'm excited about the venture. I'm excited about the platform. About the network that you're growing here yes, sir. and just who, who could have thought that you know what going on six years later we'd be here yeah man you know yeah. meeting at a new japan show sitting breaking bread over tacos <laughs> before yep. seeing naito straight and up here man. we are shout out to long beach that was a wonderful trip and going out to chicago meeting you out in chicago that was a dope trip also and also, Greg, Greg and I have traveled WrestleManias together. Mm-hmm. So shout out to him. Shout out to Randy, Byron, you know, all the WrestleMania traveling group we had, we have going. So shout exactly. out to those people. Even though we're both from Atlanta, we actually mm-hmm. met in Dallas at WrestleMania. Uh, Just happened to come across each other at a midnight show. Mm-hmm. And I had a cowboy hat on. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, that's two, fun. Two it's things, fun. two things are that are uh, solid always: the point and the cowboy hat for for Mitchum already. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. That's that's my gimmick. That's my gimmick. All right, so this this podcast we named it Talkum in the Building. So I'm gonna go to you first, Greg. I want to get a good solid definition of what's a wrestling promo. Man, so what's a wrestling promo? So I, I grew up, you know, in. In the 80s, I would say that's when I kind of got hooked. So when I think about a wrestling promo, they always talked about talking them into the building. It's something that hypes a match, connects with you emotionally. It's kind of that thing that really tells the story. I mean, the match is secondary, to be quite honest. It's, mm. it's the promo that brings it in. It's the promo that tells the story. It's the promo that hooks you and brings you in. Whether you hate them, you love them, it's the tone, it's the, the delivery it kind of makes you identify with that person. And I know we're going to dig in, dig deep into that over these next several months and weeks and Definitely. years. But to me, that's what a promo does. It just, I mean, you call it a promo because you promote something, right? Exactly. And back in the day, the promo is, they made their money off of the house. And how do you get them into the house? How do you get them into here in Atlanta? How'd you get them into the Omni? Yeah. How did you talk them in on Sunday night? And it was dusty. It was Oli. It was flair. It was, Wyndham, it was the Rock and Roll Express, it was the Freebirds, and they talked you into that building. That's a great, I mean, that's a great definition, man. Adelie, you got anything to add to that? Oh, I think man, that's... I mean, I'll, I'll piggyback on it. So, mm-hmm. you got me thinking about venues, you know, out here we got the Grand Olympic, and which was known for boxing, but, you know, wrestling, lucha, that was huge, and I mean, you have right. the preeminent, you had Gorgeous George, and my dad talked about going to boxing shows, and kind of being hooked into the wrestling part of it because of promos, because you had personalities who the audience hated. But guess what? Those mm-hmm. were paying folks, right? That's who filled the, the, the audience because you really wanted to see this guy get his butt kicked. 
and, and for me, what really what makes that promo is that it's that individuality, it's that personality where you start blurring the line to see, you know, I think that's more of a modern take, but you blur mm-hmm. the line to like, who is this person really and, and what's motivating them? And that's how it's influencing their character, so to speak. And, you know, people speak about, you know, that blurred line in terms of, you know, is, you know, is that is that behind the scenes things or is that something that's really happening on the stage? And I think the best promos are the ones that make you question everything you know about, the you know, wrestling in itself. And I like to just sit back and be the fan, right? Because ultimately that's all we are, right? We're fans and Amen. we're here to get into the building. And what's the beauty, beauty of it is, you know, going back, you know, over three decades now is what keeps me going really are promos. You know, the wrestling mm. has evolved and it will continue to evolve, but give someone a mic, a live mic in front of a crowd, and you can't fake that, right? Amen. You, you have to be on it and you have to tug at people's heartstrings, so to speak. Definitely, definitely. That's a great addition to that definition. What you said earlier, Greg, which was you're telling the story before the story is even actually presented before two performer or two wrestlers are even locking up we know we are we either already know who we want to cheer who we want to boo and we definitely know what result we want to see and the promo drives all of that so that's part of the reason why we made this podcast as wrestling is evolving into something even more athletic and awe-inspiring the promo was always so important to us growing up. And I don't think it nearly gets the love and respect that it, it truly deserves. Of course, you got, you got some current wrestlers that are great with their promo. But overall, there's been a slight shift. And on this podcast, we're going to refocus that shift. You know, we're going to hype the hype man. We're going to talk about the talkers. And of course, we got to pontificate about the promo or pontificate on the promo. And that's the reason why we made this podcast. So listeners, if this is your first time checking us out, we're first and foremost, thank you. We're very thankful. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, subscribe to Suplex Dinner Club. We're a growing brand, growing family. And we definitely want you to be a part of it. So, gentlemen, today's episode, since this is our first episode, we want the listeners to know more about us. Today's topic, who talked you in the building? I love that. Who talked you in the building? So I'm going to start with you, Greg. I want We want to know, the people want to know, who got you in the wrestling? Who talked you in the building? Man, okay. This is probably going to be a long story, but when I was in fourth grade, my brother first took me to wrestling. I had never seen it. I had never nothing. So my first exposure to it was literally walking into the Omni and watching a match. Hmm. Um, and in that main event was Ole Anderson and Dusty Rhodes versus the Assassins in a Texas nice. Bull Rope match. Now, mind you, I'm a little kid, and dude, I had never seen this much blood in my life. Like I had, <laughs> and this is legit. I had nightmares afterwards. Like my mom was like, "Oh my God, he's been scarred for life." I was scarred in a whole nother way. I've been a wrestling fan ever since. Amen. <laughs> but what got me after that was the next month is when Ole turned on Dusty. Ole in the cage, turned on Dusty. The Assassins beat him down. Mm-hmm. Ivan Koloff was one of the special guest referees. He beat him down. Um, Gene Anderson was the other special guest referee. They, I mean, they all just jumped him. And if you go look it up on YouTube, I think we're going to put the link in the in the description below. Definitely. But if you go watch it, you will see fans trying to, to jump over this, trying to get in. Now, I know we're talking about the promo, but the promo after that, mm-hmm. we talked about telling a story. At the time, I didn't know Ole Anderson was the one that was hooking me. Not mm-hmm. really until I looked back did I realize it's Ole that hooked me into this storyline. But Ole told a story. A year-long journey of how he had to smile with these guys of Mr. Wrestling Number 2 with Tommy Rich and how he hated it and how Gene Anderson wouldn't even come be by his side because he couldn't believe he was associating. But the crux of the whole story Mm -hmm. is prior to that, him and Dusty had a feud. 
And Dusty said in that, it will never be over. Mm. It will never be over. And that's what Ole Anderson went back to. He said, Dusty, you said it. You said it would never be over. You're the one who said it, and it will never be over. And he plotted this whole thing for a year to where he never asked Dusty to be his partner. Dusty came to him, and he got in that ring, and he, he turned on Dusty, and he said in this the whole thing, Ivan didn't know. The assassins didn't know. Only Gene knew. Mm. And they beat down Dusty. And that hooked me into this whole storyline. And the passion he gave, like watching it again, watching it over, is one of the best promos I've ever seen. The passion. And they're in, you know, Georgia Championship Wrestling. They're in the studio of TBS. Those people are losing their minds. Of course. I mean, losing their minds to the point you can almost not even hear Ole talk. And then they then they cut to a, a promo of, of Dusty. And Dusty talking about how he should have known. And mm. he's all bandaged up. Because the promo to me is not just what you're saying. It's, it's the whole presentation. It's, you know, how am I dressed? How am I carrying myself? Right. And Dusty looks dejected. Mm. He knows he made a mistake. He knows he screwed up. And he even makes a statement, this once pretty face. Because he's got <laughs> bandages on. But mm. he talks about Oli... And Gene, next time in the Omni, I'm bringing Andre the Giant. So now you have the Andersons going to go up against Andre and Dusty. And we're off to the races, man. And they come right back, and Ole goes off on them again. The whole storytelling is ridiculous Mm -hmm. because now all these dots were connected through one promo that lasts approximately eight, not even eight minutes, because Ivan Koloff in the middle, approximately eight minutes, a full 12 months, if not longer, story. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Everybody was sucked in. What I remember about being in the Omni that night Mm -hmm. is people losing their minds, how happy they were. I wasn't there when when he turned, but, I mean, when Dusty and Ole won, the place went crazy. Mm -hmm. And... They, Oli was so popular at the time, and I know it's a lot of people like Oli was popular. I know, and so <laughs> that whole turn, man, it's crazy because if you look it up, there's also a commentary about Jim Cornette talking about it and how it's the one of the greatest promos and angles he's ever seen in his life to this day, mm. and it was definitely the best promo that Oli Anderson ever cut. I mean, it was the passion, dude. It just sucked you in. And then nice. then you sit there and you're like, this jerk, man. He played the hero. He played him. And there you, you're looking at Dusty, and Dusty's sitting there, and he just he knows he's been played. And he knows he made the mistake, and he shouldn't have trusted the devil. And, mm-hmm. dude, it was just – it was so good. And in that moment, Had I hooked. was hooked. But what's crazy is it's not that I was hooked on Dusty. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I was hooked on Ole. I was hooked on professional wrestling. Ah, uh, okay. I like that. Um, why don't you be quiet for about two seconds and let me talk and say something? You know, you're talking about a leopard doesn't change his spots. You're exactly right. The leopards don't change their spots, and there's awfully good reason. Dusty Rhodes himself was the one that said it could never be over. You just better give me the credit for being smart enough to outfox Dusty Rhodes. You to take a look right now at Dusty Rhodes. I brought something down that I had filmed a long time ago when I saw it. He was completely fooled, as was everybody else. Dusty Rhodes, if it's the last thing I do, you're going to be out of wrestling permanently. I, me, Ole Anderson, I'm going to see to it. Oh, okay. When he said it would never be over. Right. And so that's right. what I'm saying. It's like when he said it would be never be over, that Dusty promo, he kicks it in. I'm like, dude, it's, it's so such long-term storytelling. It's ridiculous. That's how awesome, much? Man. How much of that do you think is like organic? It's like you know they they had that, that seed of an idea and then they run with it, you know. Because I don't know. Now nowadays you think you know, you know behind the scenes like they're planning. Maybe they're planning ahead. Maybe they're not. <laughs> but mm-hmm. then it, it just seemed like you know they were booking the territory, so they were like, hey, if this is selling tickets, let's let's mm-hmm. let's keep it going, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, you could hear those kids in the crowd or people in the crowd. It's, I'm sure it was adults and kids just going nuts just like screw you only for you know screwing over our our hero dusty mm-hmm. so man that's that's dope man that's awesome how 
how did you feel experiencing that promo? Like from the very, very onset, what were the feelings? I think when I was really young at the time, right? So I was just mad. I, all I remember <laughs> is being mad at Oli, but I still remember, you know, the, the story. I, I remembered the story and I remembered Dusty losing his mind. And all I wanted was Dusty to get his, his comeuppance because I couldn't believe he did that for that long. I just remember being mad. As I got older, I realized how awesome it was. <laughs> it's yeah, like you look sure. back and go, dude, it was so real. I mean, it was passionate. It was not scripted by any stretch. But you know, they he knew what he's going to go after. But it was so real, and it sucked in every person. You could hear it. Right. And, and right. having been in that studio audience before, multiple times during uh, WCW runs, like WCW Saturday nights and stuff like mm -hmm. that, there's only maybe 100 people, if that. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. they're losing their minds. And you hear it like to the point that you could almost not even hear Oli. And so it sucked you in emotionally. And because he was so good at being bad, you love Dusty more. And I would argue when you talk about talking him into the building and we talk about Dusty and we talk about all the faces, it's the heels that talk to you into the building. Yes. That's, that's a fact. That's a fact, man. That's a fact. Now, nah, that's that's a great example. And I know any listeners that are more modern day wrestling fans, go back and look at some of that stuff. If there's ever a point where I get bored of what's going on in today's product, I can always go back to that stuff and just find myself submerged the entire weekend to the point where mm -hmm. my wife's like, yo, Come on, <laughs> you are married, sir. You can't just watch Dusty all weekend. I'm like, uh, you, maybe you need to sit down and watch this too. Well, on that point, going doing research for the show, right? Like, I left autoplay on YouTube, and I was spoiled because it would just show you. It was like, oh, you like that Dusty promo? Here's mm -hmm. another, and then you're just spoiled. You're like, this is amazing. This is, and and it's just. Con the context changes, but the quality is is consistent, right? It's it's yes. still there. He's drawing you in. He's making you believe, like you said, you know, that that's really the crux of it. It's it's how he made you feel more than anything, and by virtue of that, only make you know seeming like the most horrible person in the world. Exactly. Now, now here's the other thing that I'm, I'm going to bring it home with you for one one big change from then to now. Mm -hmm. If if we were to fast forward, you see Dusty. What he cuts during that promo is this at this Sunday night or this Friday night at the Omni at 7:30. Mm -hmm. What's he doing? Telling you when, telling you where, telling you. How, I mean, all of that, right? You don't have to do that today. Mm -hmm. Today, you got Michael Cole ta telling you to to turn on a PLE. You got Jim Ross, you know, t telling you to buy the pay per view. Yeah. You got that. You didn't have that then. So the, the baby faces would always bring in the when and where. Mm -hmm. The heels didn't as much every once in a while, but it's the baby faces was telling you, hey, come be with me, come see me, basically, mm -hmm. and come support because we're going to be there at this time, at this place. Da, 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 da. And it's like when you start to see those little nuances of how it was then compared to today, it's, it's just cool to watch. And speaking of today, what what current performer, Greg, would you even compare to what we just finished checking out with Dusty and Oli? <laughs> Cody. Yeah. Who else brings in, in the emotion? And whether it was at All In, the original All In, mm -hmm. when he sucked people in with that story, whether it was this past year, last year, talking about I got to finish the story, or whether it's every single thing he does, it sounds so genuine. Mm. And that he has a unique way of connecting. Um, I'll tell you another one I think that has gone bananas is Roman. Okay. Yeah. And here's how you know how good Roman is. When Sammy had them busting up about going losing the Usi, not feeling very Usi, yeah. Roman took that to a different level. It's Roman who laughed, but the way he played it was like, okay, that's fine. Oh, so this is what's going on? You're not feeling oozy? I mean, that tells you how far that dude has come. 
Mm-hmm. But to take that promo that Sammy said, and to me, Sammy took it to an 8 or a 9, and Roman took it to a 12 mm-hmm. because of how he did it. And then if you think about when, when um, Jay turned around, he said, oh, no, 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 you stay right here. I mean, just the way he's played little things. And the difference with Roman and Cody is it's a very different cadence. It's just talking to your buddy. It's not screaming. It's not right. yelling. It's not the traditional wrestling promo. It's, especially with Roman, smart-assy. It's snarky, and it's just cocky to the point where you just don't like them for those reasons. Right. So to me, they're two of the best in the business. Ali, man, what, what do you have, man? Who talked you in the building? I, I'm, I'm enjoying Greg's storytelling here. Like, what, what a brilliant <laughs> – I'm like, I want to go back. I want to go to the Omni now. Like, I want right. to go back to those times. Um, I'm kind of the same. I mean, I was a kid, and, and the problem I'm going to focus on here, but for me it was it was Saturday, Saturday mornings, you know. We had WWF, WWF superstars, and I remember being five and six years old, and you're five and six. You just want color, right? So, for right. me, in compare, you know, in contrast to Greg, it, it was really this idea of I was very much about the classic pro wrestler, you know, promo, the the stereotypical. I'm gonna yell at you and still draw you into the building because of how you made me feel. And this is where you're gonna see the distinction where the difference between when I'm five and six to later when I'm fourteen, and mm-hmm. it's formative years, right? Because I I did grow up in the attitude era you know you know, su- sue me but that's the reality <laughs> it really created this this kind of personality change and reinvigorated my love of wrestling because when i was five and six i was play wrestling with my friends right we all chose a wrestler we all chose our favorite i was a big warrior guy i was a big macho guy for very obvious reasons right the tassels right. the color the hat the paint the shaking of the ropes the music it was it was cartoonish. It right. didn't matter what he said, right? I can't. I can't recall a, a, a warrior promo. I love Macho now in retrospect because you know he had. You know now everybody looks back at, you know, overanalyzes his promos. But at the time, how they made me feel was happy, right? I was happy right. to turn on the TV, turn on the Saturday. You know, I wasn't looking for the cartoons. I was looking for pro wrestling. And then we take we we emulate what they were doing, in the context of wrestling. We grab our little you know paper you know leftover paper roll and hold it up as a mic and be speaking into the into our fake cameras or whatever it be but it was fun it it really made me feel like like those those people were speaking to me and yeah i didn't have the money to go to a show and my you know my family were, were they were not wrestling fans per se the promo that i that specifically calls to me um thinking of something that was really formative because i really thought through about who I wanted to be specific with. And mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily, I'm going to say it's The Rock, but it was the context of who The Rock was interacting with. This is this comes from the pilot episode of SmackDown. Now, okay. this is where people kind of forget this. SmackDown debuts in the fall of 99 as part of the UPN kind of lineup. They had just, they had just bought you know space there. They, they got the space there. But people forget, and I, I, for years I thought it was a fever dream, to be honest with you. Like, mm. I saw them do SmackDown with the Raw set, and the corporate ministry was there. Like, am I imagining this? Mm. No, it actually happened. So this takes place, Rock makes this classic entrance, and in the entrance he gives a very classic Rock promo, right? Right. And he's he's about to face the uh, the corporation, and he's somewhat on friendly terms with Stone Cold, and he's interrupted by Stone Cold. And glass shatters. He comes in. He does his piece. I hate you, Rock. You know you're a piece of trash. This that, and they're they're doing now nowadays. We take it for granted because we're like they were doing the greatest hits. It's like it's like McMahon said, like go sell the show. This is the impre- This is our impression to a national audience. Because we're not going to debut the show for like another four months. So give them a taste, right? Mm. And that was talking them into the building. Because until then, the way I was watching TV, the way, the way I was watching wrestling was at my cousin's house because they had cable. I did not have cable. VHSs, right? I'd, re- I'd go to the local video store and rent some compilation of Raw or some compilation of, 
uh, or some pay-per-views. And that was my, that was essentially what I spent my money on was that, but that particular episode was so symbolic of that time was encapsulated the way rock spoke encapsulated mm. kind of and rock was, he was just about there. He was babyface essentially. And rock, you know, stone cold had his year. He had his 98. So he was coming off of that. So he's, Fully developed, fully, you know, fully entrenched. And then you have Shane McMahon interrupt. And he and he gives his peace. And then mm-hmm. he brings in Undertaker. And then you have the unholy alliance of the corporate ministry. And they're all giving these promos that separately they're you know, they're they're promos that are fine and they're they're very classic of their of their personalities. But together they really signal to me this change and in in almost pro wrestling where Smackdown, right? Because that was a, a raw catchphrase, became a promo show for, for lack of a better word, for a good while as it started, mm. right? Because yeah. you were tuning in to see them. I was tuning in to see Rock, right? And that really drew me in because there was this idea there's this larger than life guy that's cool, that has it together, that you're hanging off. He had so many catchphrases. And this particular promo, as we'll see in a moment here, he he's starting to develop that air that now you see him doing it in stadiums, right? You saw him when he did right. it. He came back in Colorado, right, where he'll let the audience finish the line for him. He was right. doing that a little. He wasn't that confident yet with it, but he was kind of letting letting you know letting the audience finish his catchphrases. And at the end of that show, I just remember I, I believe they closed, and maybe in my version the way I remember it, because the clip that we're gonna show is cut off, but. They mm. they close with the ministry, the, the corporation of the ministry gathering and being at the top of the raw set because the SmackDown set wasn't even built yet, mm. right? And it was like, I was left thinking, where's this going to go? And obviously I had to watch Raw because there wouldn't be a SmackDown for four months. But it made me feel invigorated and made me become a fan again because I was somewhat of a lapsed fan from the time that mm. I was a kid to that time. And I come back that Monday that, you know, that that next week to the playground to the middle school playground we're about we're about to that would have been the year I started high school um yeah started high school that year everybody's talking about it it's the mm-hmm. talk of the town and for the next four years during high school that's what it was right everybody was invigorated but every, every monday night every thursday night because mac yeah. wasn't a thursday that was what you talked about yeah. yo did you see that rock promo Oh, did you stone cold? And then it just evolved, right? Over the years, that's how my love of Eddie Guerrero came in and being, you know, seeing that representation and him never really being on the mic. He was never a mic guy in WCW. He was never a mic guy. You know, he was even more of a mic guy when he was like with Gringos Locos back in Mexico. He mm. was more in caps and he would draw in the crowd there. But that 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 show really signified a lot of a, a lot of my love for pro wrestling from the promo standpoint because. It just signified a change in 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 how most of the audience consumed because the, you know there's one thing to be on cable, there's another thing to be on on national TV. I do miss uh, first period on Mondays after a pay per view, and Tuesdays after Monday Night Raw. Yeah, like it was no productivity mm-hmm. being done. Absolutely, it was. Not. We were talking about wrestling and what what happened. And I'll, I'll vamp a little bit because I think it's funny that. For a while, I remember my cousin super being into Stone Cold. And I'm like, who's, you know, like, I, I knew of Stone Cold because, like, I, I was casually aware of, like, WCW and everything. But he was coming up. Like, no, mm-hmm. you got to watch him. Got to watch him. And then, you know, he was starting to, like, find his character. Man, they should have never said that because, like, that's all I wanted to see now. And then, like, I was stuck because I didn't have cable. So I was living through the occasional time I was going to their house and video and VHSs. So, you know, mm-hmm. I saw that rise almost like, you know, in, in moments. Shane McMahon, Triple H, last Monday on Raw, you two jabronis decided to check both your candy asses in to the SmackDown Hotel. So you go on and let the great one be the first one to break the bad news to you two, Rudy! Like The Rock was saying, let him be the first one to break the bad news to you two, Rudy Pooh, Candy Asses, that you damn sure checked in 
you two will damn sure check out. But you don't check out without a little departing gift from The Rock, which is his fist in your mouth and his foot in your ass. Let me come out here and get this straight right off the bat. Last week and tonight, you come out here talking all your trash about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'll tell you this, you will always be, in my eyes, some punk kid running around out here spitting out nursery rhymes. We got company. No chance. That's what you got. It's Shane McMahon. Look at the two of you. You can't get along. You want to tear each other's heads off. You make each other sick to their stomachs. And you know what? That is absolutely perfect. Yeah, so it's 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 such a time capsule, that, that, that whole piece there. And, that, you know, I saw Greg react there. And it's just like, jeez. It's like you could have thought that was like 100,000 people in that stadium, you know, with, right. with that many, you know, going, going um, sizing it up. But. It's it's so tough because they set the bar so high, considering the reactions that were getting the merchandising, and it was not just let's talk him into the building because good luck getting a ticket right. You could get right. tickets were affordable, but people were hanging off the rafters right. People wanted to see promos. There was great wrestling still going on, but that that was almost secondary to it. But we're talking about merchandising like. These promos became catchphrases, became T-shirts, you know, Stone Cold's, you know. I mean, I literally wearing like a bootleg rock, you know, old school rock shirt here. Um, literally, the name of the show comes from a word in his promo, SmackDown, right? right? And it's forever the people's show, right? Uh, and it's, it's so brilliant. It's it's such a, it's so nostalgic. I don't think it, it'll ever deviate for me in that sense. You know? Your whole tale is pretty interesting in the sense that you were a laps fan in between the you know the golden era mm -hmm. of hogan and Mach and all those guys all the way to the attitude era right before That's that like, right before that yeah. yeah 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 like to even have that lapse while we're growing up that's that's like man that's that's interesting at least mm -hmm. to me because i was locked in like as mm -hmm. soon as <laughs> as soon as I knew about it, I was locked in. And, and what's crazy, it's like because it's the, it was such a gap mm -hmm. because of this. Because I mean, the VHS has still existed, right? It forced me to go back and Definitely. see everybody else. Because I'm like, what's the through line here? Because I'm, I'm I love stories, right? Just naturally. So I'm like, you know, what is going on? Because like I was I was aware of much. Like you can you couldn't escape, you know, Bret Hart, and I was aware of it, but I couldn't say I was like super invested in, in, in anything like mm -hmm. that and then you had the doldrums of like 96 97 where it was like casually the, the like 96 97 were my 2004 to 2005 kind of where i was like uh i was watching right. i knew batista was you know i wasn't as invested in it today's performers who uh, who stands out to you to remind you or give you that vibe of a rock of might, a stone cold i might give a very very Maybe there's some recency bias here, mm. but right now at this moment, based on age, based on potential, based on talent, raw talent, and based on not having, not giving a damn about what the crowd, how the crowd's going to react, but mm. really being specific, MJF. I think MJF encapsulates, and and it's it's it makes sense. You know, you go back to that that interview he did when he was a kid. The, the Rosie O'Donnell asked him, oh, yeah. who do you want to be? Oh, I want to be a Goldberg. I like Goldberg and The Rock, right? Goldberg wasn't yeah. a promo guy. You better believe Rock was. And, right. and you go back to his origin story. Um, he, he, he had like a learning disability. And this was what was motivating him. This is what, and, and, and it was so cool to hear that. Obviously, he's never going to speak that up in, as a character. But I thought it was so brilliant that pro wrestling gave him that confidence that confidence mm. and, and you wouldn't think that this guy ever had any kind of anything that was uh you know perturbing him such a brilliant what a, what a well-spoken what a thoughtful guy going back to greg's point that can see a through line 
right? Mm -hmm. That is not just speaking in the moment, although he is, but can recall and make points and make connections to things that happened months ago, right? Mm -hmm. And really talks people into the crowd. Because I remember the last time I saw him live, I'll see him live again and hopefully in a, well, no, hopefully I will be there for full gear, but uh, which is coming up, uh, just maybe dating this, but um, but seeing him live at the, at the forum recently, mm -hmm. it was interesting because the whole crowd hushes. Right? We're, we're all trying to listen in to what he has to say. Nobody's heading to the restrooms. Nobody's going to concessions. Everybody's, everybody's locked in. Everybody wants mm -hmm. to hear what this guy has to say, even if, it's, even if he's just there to insult the crowd. We're, we're mm -hmm. all in for it. We're all in for it. Nice, nice. I like that. I like how you brought that together, for sure. I love both of you all's selections. Mine's slightly different. <laughs> I will tell you. I'll go ahead and tell you. Growing up, the man who talked me into the building, I never got to see him live. I never got to see him um, at the Omni. I never got to see him at local shows or anything like that. But I was so well... I understood him so much because my family, my household worship Thunderbolt Patterson. They worship that man. He was a superhero in our in our black household. You know what I'm saying? And it was one of these things where I learned more and more about Thunderbolt Patterson as a little kid because I had older cousins and uh, aunts and uncles in my household and that's all they talked about yes hogan was around yes rick flair was around and dusty was around but it was thunderbolt patterson that our whole household was talking about and i looking back on it because you know growing up of course you're gonna follow whatever your older cousins and everybody if they love them of course i gotta love them right i look back on these things and matches and promos and that sort of stuff thunderbolt was very ordinary looking that's the unique that's yep. what i love about him and that's honestly what taught me ultimately in the building because i looked at thunderbolt patterson like he was one of my uncles if that makes any sense yeah he looked like the tough, the tough guy in the family that if you had a problem, you would bring it to his attention <laughs> and he'll take care of it for you. But you better, you know, for a fact, when he comes back in that house, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be cutting up on you. You know, he's going to be yelling at you saying, what's wrong with you? Why can't you do this? I'll take care of it. But why can't you do it? It was just that kind of feeling like he was a part of my family. And that's what I got from Thunderbolt Patterson. And one unique thing about his promo style, he reminded me of pastors growing up, mm -hmm. like at the church or whatnot, because every Sunday I had to go to church, no matter what, with my grandmother, rain, sleet, snow, or hell. If I was sick or fake sick more so, uh, I would have to go to church. And it was times growing up, where if the pastor starts to get into his cadence or whatnot, I'm thinking in my head, man, he sounds like Thunderbolt Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> so, so all of all of those influences just came together, and I just I just love that guy, man. And here here's a clip of the great thunderbolt patterson and you baby you were finished you were washed up you and ole anderson stood out here several months ago baby several weeks ago whining and crying you want to hit me don't you you want to no. hit me don't you Knock no chip off no. baby come on you, come you, on you got a problem come on baby but i will whoop your no, no, baby. Hey, man. You got not, not here. And, not here, and please. Everything that you get, I will whoop you and eat you for dinner. Hey, baby, you got the problem. And it's Jimmy Hart in the first place. Mr. Hart, may I and suggest you, you leave, here. sir? I've got the family watching behind the door, baby. No, I suggest you leave, you Mr. Are Hart. This you are through, baby. You people like you, you are through, baby. have problems. Oh, brother, he this does have a problem. This is a new day. I've been through mess like that from... Ooh, I'm, ooh. I'm so full because it all started here. Now he's running up to New York. Now, you know, we talk about New York. You know what, you know what that's all about. Mm -hmm. Well, ain't nobody 
You hear what I say? Ain't nobody gonna do a... Yep, Ooh. careful, careful. And I'm full. And I'm full. And whoever you get, you say I've been out a long time, well, all you got to do is get in the cycle, because I will whoop your... Yep. Yeah, I think I know where he's coming from. I am full, Gordon, and I, I hate to be like this. And I'm full. That's all I remember <laughs> from, from it, because funny thing about Thunderbolt Patterson, it always seemed like he would be the one cussing, but because he's on national TV, he wouldn't call you an MF or he would say, and, and he'll, he'll do all these facial reactions and you know are... Like, that just reminded me of, like, aunts and uncles cutting up or whatever. And somebody, somebody, oh, you mother... Like, he would he would do that. To me, that makes him even more relatable. Yeah, definitely. Because him, the way he would censor himself, as opposed to, like, later on in life, they'd be like, oh, kick your butt. Oh, come on, dude. Right. You know what you want to say, but he's censoring himself. Like, just watching that right there, you, you, I felt it. I feel that being around your kids or something, you're like, oh! Right. And that's how, that's how I got out of him. So, yeah, he was connected with me just then. Yeah, yeah. It, ma- it makes me think and it reminds me, like, how much family plays a role and what influences mm. us, right? And mm. the fact that your family had the foresight or maybe just, you know, just the the the, the wherewithal to say, this is our guy. We're, we're going to yeah. stand behind this guy. And I, I know, you know, we brought in conversation, you know, representation mattering and, and being a part of it. And this is a great example of it, right, where... You know, this is not something that was commonplace. And the fact that they were saying, no, this is who you were going to get behind. And you were with it because you saw your family in him. You yeah. saw that, that, that envisioned in him. And I think that's really cool because it, it's, it's powerful. It's powerful the way that not just as fans, but as the kind of people we become. Definitely. Like my grandmother loved Thunderbolt Patterson. Like you couldn't tell her anything other than Thunderbolt. She like she loved Dusty also. I will tell I will say that. But she loved Thunderbolt Patterson. And today's wrestler that I could say gives me that same kind of vibe of like uh someone in the family and someone who's tough but relatable is Big E for me. Uh, it was yeah. always Big E. Like he you know, I, I know a lot of people would make fun of his uh, pastor promos. He used to, you know, his <laughs> it, it always seemed like a southern pastor or something. But it was relatable, and it reminded me of when Thunderbolt Patterson, when he got revved up, he would start preaching to you and preaching to the people. Come on out. Come down this Saturday. It's, I'm taking care of this. Don't worry about it. So... I'll, I will forever, forever be appreciative of Thunderbolt Patterson. I'm definitely appreciative of my family, like, raising me to enjoy his work because growing up, I, I never got a chance to personally see him. So all is Thunderbolt Patterson has always been a part of my heart for sure. So yeah. I got to add one quick thing. Not, not so much, but, but watching those clips, mm-hmm. all three, how great was Gordon? How awesome was Gordon Soli? Yeah. And, and, and what I mean is because it was kind of like a sandwich, right? How Gordon added to that promo. He added to the Ole Anderson promo. And then you see the more modern stand in the ring and do it yourself. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting. All three are great. But Gordon was like that glue. And it was kind of like you don't necessarily need that glue today like that, right? Yeah. Uh, there are different types of promos. or a different type of storytelling. But back then, like a Gordon or a Lance Russell – or those guys just kind of Lance helped. is one of my favorites. I love Lance. Yeah, but but they connected it, and then they they brought emotion too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think there's another element that sometimes goes overlooked, and we saw it just then. I just it was just jumping out at me. And to your it's point, Greg, when they know when to lay back, they know when to mm. ask that follow up, and it's it's a super underrated skill. Absolutely, it is. But I think the other part is they know when to lay back. But now, you know, later on it becomes a little bit more scripted. And I get it. It's the evolution. It is what mm-hmm. it is. They were also the ones who, if they see you stumbling, knew how to jump in. Mm-hmm. And I saw some of these clips. Over the, you know, um, I saw some of the Thunderbolt ones. I saw some of the Oli ones and the other ones where they would jump in because these guys aren't as comfortable, right, at certain times. And they kind of made that, that 
quick connection to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. And that that was a skill. I mean, that was just so cool to see the, how they involve themselves. But to your point, they know how to pull back. Perfect bridge. Mm-hmm. They were perfect perfect vehicles to keep it going. Mean Gene was great at that also. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love love seeing Mean Gene. Being a pro wrestling fan, being a fan of the professional wrestling promo, one thing that I've noticed is that promos surround us. Promos are everywhere, and it doesn't have to be wrestling related. There are promos that surround each and every one of us. So uh, this promo is honestly one of my favorite promos from someone who's been a bit of a babyface to a hill to an anti-hero. And now I don't know how to even describe this man. So uh, <laughs> today's point of promos are everywhere is a mr kanye west oh okay back in 2005 accepting the grammy for best rap album let's check it out y'all might as well get the music ready because it's finna take a while um when i had my accident I found out at that moment, nothing in life is promised except death. If you had the opportunity to play this game of life, you need to appreciate every moment. A lot of people don't appreciate their moment until it's passed. And then you got to tell those Al Bundy stories. You, you remember when I... But um, right now is my time and my moment, thanks to the fans, thanks to the accident, thanks to God, thanks to Rockefeller, Jay-Z, Dame Dash, G, my mother, Rhyme Fest, everyone that's helped me. And I plan, I, I, I plan to celebrate I plan to celebrate and scream and pop champagne every chance I get, because I'm at the Grammys, baby. I know, I know every, I know everybody asked me the question. They wanted to know what kind. I knew he's going to wild out and he's going to do something crazy. Everybody wanted to know what I would do if I didn't win. I guess we'll never know. That's Babyface Ye right there, man. <laughs> so long ago. Yes. So long ago. I just felt that was that was a promo, man. That was like a Babyface promo. It was relatable. He did he did a great job of letting the crowd react to what he was giving. He had timing. At first, it wasn't as confident. But toward the end, he had control of the crowd, and then he left on a banger, like he mm-hmm. left on a, on a great note. Now I don't, I can't say much about <sighs> old Kanye, but at that point, he was definitely a babyface. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts on that promo in specific? You kind of spoke on it there that this is like slight hesitation, right? Like you can still see him kind of hesitating with the words and the and the pacing, mm-hmm. but. You know what he's trying to say. You know he he's, he 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 has some bullet points there along the way, right? And, and he's Definitely. he's allowing some some time to breathe. And I'm sure he had that last line rehearsed for sure. But oh, absolutely, th- there's this this piece of like still figuring out who he is, still figuring himself in front of of of, of a larger audience. And this almost speaks to like acceptance, right? Acceptance with the mainstream. And you know, College Dropout was a huge album. Obviously, don't, don't need to reiterate Definitely. that. But the fact that his peers finally recognize that, right? And I think that's very telling. And, and, you know, of course we can go on and on about today, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's a whole different kind of worms, but it's interesting. For sure. It's interesting to see him and yeah, in that context. Yeah, for sure. For me, he kind of took you on a ride, right? He, in the beginning, he connected with you emotionally Mm -hmm. and that's what you do, right? You get into a promo, you connect with the people emotionally, what did he go for? He kind of had that shyness. Mm-hmm. Then he jumped in about the accident. 
Like, oh, you know, uh, yeah, you know what? This dude's overcome some stuff, and he, and he sucked you in. And he sucked you in Jake the Snake style. Real calm, real slow, real, real, real deliberate. And then, boom, he went into some energy and said, mm-hmm. look, you know, we're going to have you here. And then, boom, we're going to go up. Then I'm going to bring you right back down. And how am I going to leave you? I'm going to leave you right here. Not at the top of the hill. We're going to leave you going up the hill. And that's how he did it. Because now you're like, yeah, you're right. We won't ever know. We'll wonder, what would he have done? You know, that puts that doubt in there. And what does that doubt do and make you think, well, what would you have done? That sucks you into him. It sucks you into going thinking, man, this dude may, if, you, if you're not a fan of his, and if you're just right. watching the Grammys and you're not somebody who knows who he is, well, why would he, why would he say that? Let me go Google. Uh-huh. You know why? Oh, oh, he's wild now. Oh, he's this, he's that. Uh-huh. But man, what kind of accident did he have? So now you've appealed to people you didn't appeal to before who are watching the Grammys, and you pulled them in. Now they may be a fan of yours because of your situation. Same thing in wrestling. You sold in the beginning to suck them in. You sold as a baby face, but then you triumphed at the end. That's it. That's it. That's it. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we look forward to talking more about these promos. We look forward to growing an audience and growing – friends that we can talk about something that we're all very passionate about and that's a pro wrestling promo uh gentlemen it's been a pleasure we're going to do this thing every other tuesday but uh just for you guys since it's thanksgiving we're gonna go ahead and bless y'all next tuesday so be sure to check us out of course look us up on your socials down below talk pod very simple talking pot we're gonna we're on instagram we're on youtube and we are on tiktok so be sure to follow us hit us up and definitely let us know down below who talked you in the building shout out to y'all thank you again for listening we'll see you next tuesday peace